Hi, Henry. Hi. How are you doing this Wednesday, I think it is? Yes, I am well. I just ran a 10K. Um, what? So I'm a little, uh, yeah, so I'm a little tired. <laughs> but like when? When did you run this? Like and an hour before we recorded? Right? Oh my. So today? Gosh. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I was just like scarfing down some protein before we hit record, so. Oh my gosh. Wow, you yes. better than me. I would oh be gosh. crashing. Yeah, my energy levels are kind of coming down, <laughs> but that's also kind of how I feel right now anyway, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. How does it feel to be able to now be running 10Ks? Um, pretty good. So yeah, um, I've, this is the best shape I've been in in a really long time, Amen. physically. And so that's exciting. I will be doing my birthday photo shoot, my annual birthday photo shoot tomorrow. So um, yeah, that's how I'm trying to lay out some pieces behind me here and trying to figure out styling. Oh my gosh. Um, Do you have any special birthday plans since that's next Monday, Labor Day? Yes. Uh, I am really not celebrating my birthday this year. Um, okay. So, which I'm looking forward to. I'm like, people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, one, whatever I want to do, which is currently nothing. So, <laughs> I might like invite people to go get wine next Wednesday or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite wine bar, but other than that, like, I am over it. Um, I'm just tired. It's like it's been hot all summer. Everything's expensive. So it's just like, just come see me and hang out. And yeah, so. Oh my gosh. By the time this episode comes out, everyone, Henry will have already had his birthday. So yeah. please I'll be, be sure 34. to a belated birthday. 34. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Same birthday as Beyonce. So. Same birthday. That's it's one of the things that helps me remember. Yes, exactly. And Beyonce's birthday. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is very, very true. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I love that both of us were doing exercises right before recording. Yes. I did leg day. We're active gays. Is that what we're calling it? That's right. Yeah. I'm impressed that I I got a leg day in in 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Before we recorded. There you go. I don't know how this is going to happen, but... I have to make it happen. And so I did it. And you did it. There you go, girl. There we go. go. Yeah. Well, we are here continuing the Reclaiming series theme. What episode is this for the season? Oh, gosh. Let me look. Um, This one. Is this 11? It's like 10 or 11, something like that. Because I think Becca and I were just, I saw it came out the other day, too. I didn't even see it. And then I opened up the podcast. I I know. It came out five years ago. This is 11. Yeah, so I need to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. Y'all did yeah, perfect. I want to listen to that again, because I think there's some clips I want to pull from that and share on social media. I mean, I definitely chimed in once, but there was many other times I wanted to chime in. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was fun. Oh, my gosh. For a minute, I just thought you were in my living room, because you know my photo frames just like... So I literally yes. was like, it's Josh sitting in my living room. I just looked at that for a second. And I was like, oh, those looks just like the frames in my living room. So, okay. <gasps> yes. Oh, that's right. Because the frames, ever for everyone listening, I'm sitting on my couch and I have a bunch of frames on my yeah. back. Um, and my couch my looks just like that. Or yeah. my back wall looks like that. If I was, in I was inspired room. by you, Henry. Not even I received that. I received mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Today okay. we're talking about grace and truth. Yeah, grace and truth. It's an interesting one to talk about in reclaiming. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your first thoughts when someone brings up that phrasing, grace and truth? Like what comes to your mind or heart or body? I think first thoughts is a lot of people don't know how to speak truth and grace specifically mm-hmm. to our community. Yep. Um, and then a lot of our community doesn't know how to receive truth. Yeah. Um, and and I was actually thinking about that this morning about just the, ooh, I might not be the person to talk to about this. <laughs> but, um, I was wondering the same thing when I was thinking about this episode coming up today. Sometimes, yeah, I'm just like, some people want to be coddled too much and shielded from truth. And uh, even if it's said gracefully, they can be on the def- on the defense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, so I think we've ran into that inside B spaces before. So, um, and I'm always someone though, even though this podcast, yes, our audience is side B. I don't want people who are listening to think that we are not aware of anything going on internally or within our own spaces, or we can't critique our own spaces yeah. lovingly and gracefully and truthfully, which um, mm-hmm. is what my aim is in anything I talk about in regard to side B, just in regard to the Christian walk, just to be truthful and be full of grace and gentleness and be lenient where we can and firm where we must. And uh, yeah, that's not always received well. And like historically it has not been given well to us. So I also understand that too. So yeah. Yeah. What are your first thoughts? Gosh. Yeah. Very honestly, very similar. I was thinking about it on the way back from the gym of like what happened what comes to mind with grace and truth? I think similarly, I was, I was thinking about how sometimes with, especially straight people, I feel mm-hmm. like that's especially where like conservative, traditional believing straight people where like they get this relief when you first clarify your views before you talk mm-hmm. to them about grace. And I'm like, why, why did that help you so much? Like, and then on the same side, on the opposite because, side, exactly you said, was like, there can be the similar thing on the opposite side of being afraid of truth. And it's like, you have to, they feel more comfortable, people feeling more comfortable in one, the other one makes them anxious. And so they have to make you, they have to feel very comfortable so that they can venture out into mm-hmm. the other space. What were you yeah. going to say? I was going to say sometimes um, they get that sense of relief because now we're, we're the good gays. Yeah. in their head when we clarify things and so it's like oh well if they're the good guys then i can even feel more freedom to speak how i really feel about this topic and so i think they get the relief because they feel like we're giving them permission yeah to go in on something and so mm-hmm. yeah i feel like many times this is something that i've had a conversation with someone before about what it means to like hold our truth like Mm -hmm. hold truth for ourselves is that I feel like for a lot of people, the, the, in order to venture out with people that are different than them. And I would say this goes on both sides of what we're talking about for queer people, for conservatives, all of, all of these spaces. Um, There's this, there's this need that we have in order to hold what we believe that we need to be around other people like ourselves. And I do mm-hmm. believe that's important, but like that doesn't really internalize actually what you believe. Like if you need everyone else around you to believe what you believe in order to internalize it, how much are you actually holding to it? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and I see that a lot inside B spaces. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like, yes, like whenever people leave our community and other people get so upset and this and that. I was like, okay, what, like, were you depending on them for you to hold on to what you believe? And uh, yeah, that always bothers me. That always really bothers me. Exactly. And it's like, how much, what does it look like for us to internalize our belief? Yes, Mm -hmm. it's important to have people around you that like believe the same as you, that you have community with like-minded people. Like you need that. Yeah. But you can't be around that all the time. No. I like think you that's can't. super healthy. That's, no. an echo cha- that's an echo chamber. Yeah. And so I think that many times for me, um, I, I feel like in the past, I've always seen truth and grace as being a little bit of a power trip for some people. Mm-hmm. Of like, how can I use this over other people? Yes. Like weaponized, yeah. Yeah, like I'm going to go to the lowly other people and have grace on them Mm because, you know. And there is an aspect of if you hold to a truth, something that you believe true, you do believe the other person is wrong. And you Mm -hmm. have like this grace and that tension and that space. But um, when it becomes like a, oh, I'm above you kind of aspect, Mm -hmm. I think that's when it becomes this power aspect that like I feel like happens a lot in the church um, I'll get into where I feel like what reclaiming that looks like, but that's kind of what first comes up for me. Uh huh. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. When what day was it? I was taking a shower and I started thinking about like, what is the problem with evangelicals and uh, um, how we're viewed from the outside, even from either other believers or non-believers. Mm-hmm. It's like what you just said. If you believe something is true, then inherently you mean you have to believe something else is wrong. Yeah. And I think when we, which it's a fact, if you believe something's true, Mm -hmm. you believe something's wrong. And I think where evangelicals have gone wrong or taken that is that, and where that view is damaging and limiting or that limited binary is damaging is because then everybody else becomes your enemy. Mm -hmm. Like if you believe that something is wrong, which is true, and then every, something can be wrong if you believe something is true. But when you now believe that these people who believe this different thing from me are enemy, wrong, and then you don't see, you don't see them as people anymore. You see them as opposition. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And on the other side, I um, before my current counselor, I had another counselor who loved her. She was great. She was exactly what I needed in the moment. I was processing mm-hmm. like conversion therapy, trauma, and all of that stuff. And she was really helpful in that. Um, uh um, she was gay herself, mm-hmm. not Christian. And so oh, yeah, I remember kind of, her. Yeah. Yeah. Told about yeah. Mm-hmm. I really loved her. My one thing that I was, would always get on her about though, is she would talk about like that. That's your truth. And I'm like, yeah. let's, let's sit here. Yes. I, cause she, many times she would use it in the place of my identity. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's just the truth. I'm gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. as you said, there's this aspect of, we can always take this to extremes of if I hold so much of it, one be truth means that one person is right. And one person is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that can put us into uh, like power dynamic of seeing everyone else as your enemy or like a mm-hmm. dichotomy. And then there's the other aspect of where we live in this space of kind of, well, truth doesn't mean that other people are wrong. And it's like, but yeah. it does. It yes. still does. It's just your truth, Josh. And I'm just like, sometimes I roll my eyes when people say that. I'm just like, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah, 
because even if you're talking about my identity as being gay, yeah. I'm like, it's just, I'm gay. Yeah. It's like, it's, because how many different truths can there be? I mean, yes, the multiple things can be true at the same time, but at some point in time, there has to be like, okay, this is objectively true. And mm-hmm. this could like, it's not changing. And this is subjectively true to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's an interesting nuance too. So, yeah. And I feel like a lot of that from what I've sensed of people who use that language, it many times comes as a reaction from what you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. they've been in spaces where truth has been used to see other people as an enemy. Mm-hmm. They don't want that. Mm-hmm. And so they, you go to this other space of, well, there, there are multiple truths. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of that hard space that we many times exist in Mm -hmm. of being able to live around people that disagree with us and being like, you're not my enemy, Mm -hmm. but one of us is wrong. Yes. (laughs) And that's, and that's where even the conversation with side A and side B gets really interesting because that, and Ooh, yeah, I know that's a conversation that people don't like to have in this space, but, Mm -hmm. um, not the direction I even want to take this conversation at all, but that's an example that comes to mind when I think of, yeah, that. But it is really sad sometimes how much this is built into who we are as a culture. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, I'm going into like spiritual direction kind of stuff a lot more now. And I'm mm-hmm. really loving it. Um, but it's always interesting when I make gay friends that are not even Christian. And they mm-hmm. ask, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, what, what way will I take this? Like, yeah. what, what avenue am I going to take? How much uh-huh. do I want to let this person in? And so I went, told one person, I was like, well, I'm basically working faith conversations, like uh-huh. spiritual director. Um, and they were like, well, I'm not religious. Would I don't know if that makes a difference of us being friends. And I was like, I, I don't care. Probably makes it, it honestly probably makes it easier sometimes for me. <laughs> like, yes. to be honest, it makes it easier being friends. Yeah. It really yeah. does. But, um, but yeah, there's just such this aspect with phrases like grace and truth. And I, that hit, it, it honestly, and sometimes hits the same way as that phrase, love the sin or hate the sin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And have it's you very noticed, wep- go ahead. It can be very weaponized in the same exactly. way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because have you noticed that these phrases, grace and truth, and love the sin or hate the sin are never used in any conversation beyond LGBT. Yes. It's like, speak the truth in love and do this, which is yes, but it's like, why are you not speaking grace and truth to straight people? Exactly. Why are you not, why are you not loving the sin or hating sin to straight people? It's like, yeah. It's it, like, it it's almost like a, do- it's like a dog whistle for like, yeah. Okay. Well, we know what we're all really talking about here. I mean, it's the irony. I'm not, I'm not, just the amount that that phrase is connected to the LGBTQ conversation, Mm -hmm. I think is shown even by the fact that like, it's the center's like converse, like study thing, truth, grace, grace, truth or whatever. Like, do you remember that? Oh, the Center for Faith and Sexuality? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, listen, Greg. Hey, Preston. Hey, Greg. Hey, Preston. I'm not, I'm not putting on that. All I'm saying with that is that how tightly knit that, Maybe I'll take this out. <laughs> that no, I think that's a valid uh, statement in terms of like, yes, even the grace and truth and truth and love is attached to this conversation so much that the Center for Faith and Sexuality even has that as a tagline. 
which is a great yeah. marketing aspect. I'm yeah. just saying because okay. you know that's what people are going exactly. to look for. Going to look so, for. but I I think that um, yeah, it's just interesting how much phrases like this can um, automatically go. Oh, I know exactly what conversation mm-hmm. we're sitting in. I know exactly yeah. where we're going with this. I also know so, exactly what your thoughts are on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm just like, well, thanks for just saving me a lot of time because I know exactly what you mean by this. Yes. Um, but yeah, so how do we reclaim that narrative? Oh, gosh. I mean, this is, I, I think this is one of the reasons why I, I think I was the one who proposed we do this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm always impacted by phrases like this that are very, can be very triggering, activating, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um and you know complicated but Mm -hmm. still when you get into the scripture of it have truth to them Mm -hmm. um you know like that's why we're going to be doing an episode on transformation sanctification similar thing you know like these are conversations that can feel very uncomfortable for us because of how they've been used but they're that they're real and um i feel i feel like for me a lot of all of this comes back to what we were talking about. What does it mean to internalize the truth mm-hmm. and be able to hold that in space around others who don't? Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is where I see the crux of this, which is what we're all called to do. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's good. It's like, how can we hold that? Um, hand in hand with others and live alongside them with love yeah, um, and gentleness and kindness and the fruits of the spirit to those who maybe hold it in different ways than we do. Yeah. I, and I think that one of the ways that I found it to be very powerful to avoid kind of how it's become very um, misused in the mm-hmm. evangelical church is because there's this aspect of we've seen ourselves as we are the saviors going out to do it. And in some ways, yes, we have a truth. Yeah, have y'all can't see how hard I just rolled my eyes at that <laughs> because, yes, Lord, evangelicals in that. Yeah, we see all people who don't agree with us as like children. And I'm mm-hmm. like the, the kindergarten teacher coming to you to kind of like be among yeah. you until you get it right. Yeah. Um, and there is an aspect of, I want to share the gospel with people, Mm -hmm. but I I think where it has been able to humble me is that when I'm engaging with, let's say non-Christians, like let's Mm -hmm. just flat out put it there, like, which is a lot. um, I can hold to the fact of the truth of my faith, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of that. At the same time that I'm also realizing I can learn things Mm -hmm. from these beautiful people mm-hmm. and the, I, I feel like that's where it gets lost is that we feel like we have nothing to learn yes which from... is such an arrogant view right yes it's like i um am recently adding someone into my life which i will talk to you about offline <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> but um the faith conversation came up yeah girl i have a lot to fill you on and oh. so um <laughs> but um and so he was raised Catholic. I'm trying to decide how much of this is even... Anyways. But so he was... I was like... I made a joke about, oh, I'm a church girl. 
And he was like, ah, I was like, no, really, I'm the girl who's like a church most Sundays and this and that. And he's a gay guy. And he was like, oh, okay. And then so he was like, uh, do you think you have solutions for everybody? I was like, no, but because I'm so comfortable in what I believe is true, that I find it just so much more helpful to literally like find common ground in things that I agree with that they say. Mm. And it's like, hey, religion's problematic. A thousand percent. I agree with you. Hey, evangelicals are problematic. Let's talk about it even more, baby, because we have a lot Mm. more in belief similar to that topic than we do differences. And so, because yes, I do have something to learn from people who um, either object to how I live my life or have thoughts, different thoughts about it. Because you know what? They're not like 100% wrong. And if I was walking into conversations and relationships with people thinking that, I'm the one that has something to offer them and they have nothing to offer me. Why would anybody want to be in relationship with me? It's like, yeah. oh, Henry, I'm just, you're just this person's overlord that like has every single answer for me and I have nothing to give back. That's not a relationship. That's, it's not a equal one in terms of like being open and willing to hear the other person. It's more of like, okay, I'm going to appease you, but. I'm not going to actually take anything you have to say seriously because I'm so convinced that I'm right about everything that you have nothing to offer me. And there's just an arrogance to that that Mm -hmm. I do see Christians employ that I just can't handle. But yeah. Exactly. I mean, and honestly, kind of going back to talking about the side B space, I think that this is a huge thing that many times happens is people come into the side B space thinking that we're going to have all of the answers, that it's going to be this healthy, perfect place where... Um, I just need this space in order to grow. And mm-hmm. you learn very quickly. That is not the case. Yeah. Um, and I think that we can often get disillusioned when we realize that there's other spaces that we disagree with that, Hey, actually have beneficial things to bring or, mm-hmm. um, just the idea that people different than me mm-hmm. can teach me something. And also I am not living this out perfectly. Like I am so in need of learning Mm -hmm. um, rather than just simply pretending I have everything together in order to be the savior for everyone else. Yep. I I think honestly accepting what a mess my life is has Mm -hmm. been one of the most beneficial things in my life. Say that again. Cause yeah. Mess. I mean, seriously. And that it's okay. Yeah. It's okay that it is a mess. Um, Yeah. Art Art and I were talking, I was talking in the Revoice staff chat last week about um, when we were just saying about uh, it's okay that it's a mess, but like why sometimes this can be tiring for us side B people because this concept of spiritual perfectionism where we feel like our faith has to be perfect. Our side B experience has to be perfect because straight people are the church looking at looking at us to be this. And then other people who come in side B space think that Josh Proctor's going to be this way. Henry's going to be this way. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, trying to be those people get tiring. And it's like, no, it's like my life is not spiritually perfect and it's not healthy to aspire to that. And I have things to learn from other people and other people have things to learn and offer me as well. But yeah, letting go of that concept of like spiritual perfectionism or trying to let go of that is mm-hmm. healthy. It's so important. And honestly, I think this takes another way of reclaiming truth and grace, which is mm-hmm. taking it into ourselves of mm-hmm. grace for ourselves of holding yeah. to the truth of like, I can hold to the truth of how I believe I'm meant to live and mm-hmm. also hold to the grace that I am going to go down that road imperfect. Like I'm on the road towards it. Yes. You know, that's, um, 
I feel like, ooh, that is exactly where I'm at right now. Like, I can hold on to the truth of, like, side B and side B theology. Mm-hmm. It's probably way too much information given listeners about my life. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, currently that headspace, I've found myself there. It's like, okay, I am holding on to this truth and what I believe mm-hmm. is the truth um, theologically for me in my life. And also the grace that, like, hey, even though I believe this, mm-hmm. there's times where this doesn't look even pretty or nice and it's confusing yeah. and it's annoying and it's frustrating and there's grace for that um, yeah. and there's room for that. And so, yeah, that's a good point you made about reclaiming that for ourselves. Well, because it's, it's kind of like if you look at all of the virtues of Christianity, love, hope, faith, all of these things, we never have them as this idea of like, oh, I'm, I'm now being loving and I have mm-hmm. met there like we do with sexuality. Like mm-hmm. with celibacy, we have this idea of like, oh, you're not having sex, so now you're celibate. Now you've arrived. You're done. Mm-hmm. You've made it. Um, with love, for instance, like, I'll be honest, I'm working through some anger issues currently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it is coming out in really major ways. And, um, like, being able to work through that and work on love, mm-hmm. especially with people, it's not like one thing you go toward. It's like I am on a journey in life to continue being more loving, to continue mm-hmm. being in all of this stuff. And, having grace with myself to keep going as you're on the journey Mm -hmm. as I'm on the journey that I'm never going to perfectly arrive, but Mm -hmm. I'm also moving towards that. And it doesn't change the, the fact of where I'm at now in how I love and where I'm at with anger, um, does not change the fact of what I actually believe where I'm meant to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I like how my pastor did, um, shared with me one time, a reinterpretation, a, a new way of looking at the good Samaritan mm-hmm. of um, the Samaritan or the, the man on the side of the road, the, the Levite, the priest who all pass by him mm-hmm. and even the Samaritan all being ourselves mm-hmm. of like looking at, I am the one on the side of the road mm-hmm. and I'm actually passing by myself mm-hmm. because of that aspect, but being able to have the grace to actually care for in that space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like being able to let go of the perfectionism, but that that doesn't mean you're letting go of truth. Mm-hmm. Mm, love that. Ooh, that is so timely for my life right now. So, mm. so timely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. I think like not only holding on to the truth of how we're supposed to act, but being able to hold onto the truth of like, you are beloved, mm-hmm. you are loved that you um, God calls desires relationship with you and that it's not based on you. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, being in this work girl, it's, (laughs) it's so, so easy to make it works based. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when from the outside, that's what it seems that people want from you Um, to be work based, to be polished, to be this. Yeah. I'm so done with being polished. Yeah. I'm I'm so, (laughs) because I'm like, it's tiring and it's just like, I don't have the energy for that. And it's like, where can I? Jesus. This dog. Bishop. Needy. <laughs> Lord. Um, all you're going to do is just to come sit here and lay down. Literally. She okay. is one of the cutest dogs ever. She I is. This thing. But um, yeah, the letting go of that, there's a beauty in letting go. And like, which is just part of reclaiming everything. So it's like, let me let these things go that don't serve, that me spiritually that don't grow me that don't nourish me and reclaim them in ways that do 
Yeah. And being able to ask questions to people who have an issue when you let go of that, of like, why is it so important to you? Mm -hmm. Like, why is my perfectionism so important and the cleanliness of how it all looks so important for your own walk? I was having a conversation with a Christian friend of mine the other day, a straight person, and I mentioned that uh, somebody has recently told me that they have a crush on me. Mm. And this first person's question back to me was, are you still side B? And I was like, oh my God. Uh, I was like, why is like, like not uh, how do I feel about what the person said to me? Do I have a crush on them back? I was like, why is like the idea of my spiritual wholeness or wellness or perfectionness uh, the first question that was asked versus just a general any other question that conversation could have gone? And so... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it, it just makes it a lot. It takes away some of the beauty. I think yeah. of how God works in our lives. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, I think that there was, um, not, not that there isn't beauty now, but like, um, there was such a beauty of, I feel like of my faith when I was first a Christian, not working in ministry and just, I already understood that I like was I, my entire faith was built on Jesus. Nothing mm-hmm. on me, nothing on anything I was doing. Um, and just all of my desire to grow was not about expectations from other people. Um, Cause no one really expected me to do much. Um, it was built on a love for Jesus mm-hmm. and just a belief that, Jesus was calling me into something that would was better for myself, mm. you know? And I think that even with side B, I've had to sit in that of like, as I let go of that perfectionism, the expectations, the what people think or want from me and going, how can I live into the gratitude of G- for G- to Jesus of what mm-hmm. he did, and also the belief that how Jesus calls me to pursue my life mm-hmm. is for my betterment. Yes. Like specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that is where I want to go, is yeah. like in that hope, in that gratitude, and like move and breathe in that. Um, and I feel like that's just it lets go of so much weight. <sighs> Say a lot. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, especially weight that wasn't yours to carry. Yeah. To begin or with. yours to carry. Yeah. Um, we are in a similar place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And it's oh. okay. And it's okay. If people don't understand the letting go process. And Yeah. yeah. It's because I think at some point in time when you when you're willing to walk in grace for yourself um, and reclaim that, you have to step also. It calls you to step into a place of even being accepting and being willing to be misunderstood even more. Yeah. And going back to this whole thing of truth and grace with other people, mm-hmm. I think when we can have that grace for ourselves mm-hmm. is when then I can totally understand having that grace for other people. Yes, Absolutely. 
because I think many times the lack of grace for other people is coming from we have no grace for ourselves. for ourselves. Absolutely, because we're holding ourselves to some of these things that we're like, well, if I'm holding myself to this, not giving myself grace, why am I going to give that person grace to not uh, let go of something for them? These expectations, or whatever, this ideal. So it's like, yeah, when it's we, just I, it's so when, sad. Mm-hmm. When I've learned to offer grace to myself, I'm just like, yeah, it helps me see other people. I think through just loving eyes and kinder eyes. Um, instead of this need to be super rigid and just lacking compassion and grace. Um, yeah, when I extend compassion and grace to myself, it allows me to extend to other people because I get it. Because I'm like, man, there were times and seasons where I really needed grace and like I finally had to offer it to myself because nobody was then. So like just seeing how, uh, I think when you extend grace to yourself too, you find the freedom to receive the truth from the Lord even better in new ways. And I'm just like, oh. Or to mm-hmm. like even receive the truth anew and let it permeate your heart anew because you extended grace to yourself for times where you didn't live up to truth or you failed at whatever it is. Um, and you don't really fail. Again, you can't see me, but I did that in quotation marks. But um, for someone who was so happy that we're not recording anymore, I always have visual elements. <laughs> you always uh, assume that, that they can <laughs> see. Yes, they can see me. And so um, that's so funny. But yeah, it allows me to really extend grace to other people and understand that like the Lord has all of us on different journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all doing our best to walk faithfully towards Jesus. And like you said earlier, it's not this perfect linear road. It's going to be a journey that has heartbreaks, setbacks. Um, like you're uh, like, we might be going to the same place, but Josh's directions might look differently than Henry's directions because of where the Lord has us in our lives and what we're going through. And it's like, okay, I might not understand that, but I have to trust at some point that Josh uh, is walking with the Holy spirit. And so even if something doesn't look correct to me or doesn't, seem like something I would do. I'm like, okay, if this person's walking in the Holy Spirit, then like, and is that the truth? Is yes, if we believe that we have the Holy Spirit within us, and it's like, okay, let me extend grace to what my thoughts are about about this specific thing or situation and see where it goes. And then if it ends up being something we have to circle back to and be like, hey, Josh, like actually this, or Henry, actually this, then that's fair. And I think that's part of reclaiming that is like being willing to let people walk in the grace that's offered to them instead of telling them how to walk in grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think leading with curiosity mm-hmm. of like when I see someone in that, not assuming I know why they're doing yeah. it, like what's, what's going on with them. I think even again, even with myself of like when, when I see myself, going in a way or doing something that I'm like, what am I mm-hmm. doing? Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. I think one of the most helpful things I've ever been able to do is, and a first extension of that grace has been curiosity, not even, mm-hmm. underst- not even assuming why I know what I'm, why I'm doing what I'm doing, but being able to then initiate, I think with that curiosity, because I, I, I mean, honestly, one of the biggest things that has been so helpful in my grace for other people, since I've already talked about it on this podcast, it's just like when I, when I had the affair as a ministry leader, mm-hmm. I think that um, for anyone who has not heard that, because I know we have people jumping in all of the, I think I did an episode with Paulo at some point. Oh, yes, that one is it. it. Yeah. Go, go back there and you'll hear all of the, that in, in mm-hmm. more detail. Um, 
I feel like in many ways in my mind, I had just been, I had hit like the word, like, you know, like the thing that like, you know, the stereotypical thing that ministry leaders do, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, felt very disqualified as a ministry leader in many ways. Yes, I was. Um, but it was also really helpful when some people came to me and reminded me like the qualifications of being a ministry leader have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Like sure. There are ways of like, maybe you need to step back in order to take care of yourself or like, yeah. these kinds of things. But like, it's not about like being a ministry leader is not built on your perfection. Mm-hmm. And then I think in that being able to know that, that like, Hey, I'm in this not because of anything with me. Mm-hmm. I am literally in that, but like really believing that. I mean, I mean, many times we say it, but um, I think when you've been through enough crap like we have, um, <laughs> you really understand that. Um, and then it allows for that curiosity uh, with other people of like, yeah, what's what's leading them here? Mm-hmm. Why why is this why is this going on? There people do things for reasons. Yes, and curiosity. I was just talking to an uh, Episcopal priest this morning at a meeting, which I also got to tell you about offline. Yeah. But um, okay, we're just. We I know. I, like, I feel like we need. To, I was like, I feel like we need to hurry up and let's wrap this podcast <laughs> up because we are both talking around so many things that we need to talk around directly. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so we're talking about hey, because he's church planting, and he was like, you know what? I want curious people. Because curiosity is a great place to meet people and have dialogue and conversations with them. And, like, in ministry, curiosity is what's often helpful in, like, shepherding other people. It's like, hey, why are you doing that? Or what's going on here? Instead of just a rush to giving an answer or this or that or condemning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's That's where I really feel the grace and truth. Mm-hmm. sits yeah and curiosity and curiosity in the humility to know that we are on our journeys the curiosity and grace of ourselves i mean it sits in the gospel mm-hmm. of knowing that like jesus calls us to better jesus calls us to the abundant life mm-hmm. and that is a lifelong call yeah like, you're not gonna get there and um I'm really thankful for my church mm-hmm. um, because I feel like my church has been very super aware of the automatic pressure that comes with my job mm-hmm. um, related to perfection mm-hmm. because I don't think I even realized it at first when I would have people from my church, especially my pastors would be like, how are you doing with mm-hmm. like all of that? And I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm yeah. Good. I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, like, that's a lot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. is it? I'm so, I've carried it for so long yeah. that I just don't even notice it. Yeah. And then I think the more they've asked that, the more it has worn down that shell of, shell of like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it is a lot. Like it's, it's a lot to carry. And then being able to have grace sit in that, um, I think is real. And it doesn't change the truth of what I hold to. Mm-hmm. And that's the key, because like you said, so many times people will come to this going, so do you believe this anymore? I'm like, yeah, exact same way I did before. Mm-hmm. All of it. I just have a lot more grace. Than yeah, to. because my lived experience and reasons I had for things at 24 look very different for things at 34. And so, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, like, and I'm, I in s- that, ooh, I'm in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I just want, I want our listeners to be able to breathe. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing to, and the sad part is depending on your church context, your family context, your local context, many times you're not given that space. Yeah. You don't have the answer. No. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'd do to have that space if I didn't have my local church community. And that's really sad or my family. Yeah. Hmm. Um, cause I mean, Christian and Nathaniel definitely give that space to me. Yeah. I thought you mentioned family of origin for a second. I was like, God, that's no. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no. I was like, wow. I was like, that's a recent development as of like a day. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. I mean, my parents are great. Yeah. But uh-huh. we've already, I've already talked enough about my siblings on this podcast. They yeah. do not need, they do not deserve more airtime. Okay. Oh, well, one <sighs> of them is great. Because actually, I need to clarify her. She listens to this podcast. The sister. My sister yes. Laura is amazing. Yes. The others. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, watch so my other part. Sorry, never mind. Listen, I'm getting yeah, on watch a tangent. Them listen, uh huh. I but even them, we can hold them in truth and grace, girl. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have you ever had that moment where a friend tells you, "Hey, I started listening to your podcast," and you're like, "Shit, what have I said about you?" <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Remember, I mean, we, Paul and I can talk about it now, but like when I was talking about my Atlanta trip and my other uh-huh. podcast, and Paul listened, so like the minute I got done recording. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, <laughs> I have not had this conversation with him yet, one-on-one, and he's about to hear the whole thing on a podcast. And he did, girl. And so, yeah. Uh-huh. That, that Now when I mention someone's name, especially with stories involved, I'm like, ooh, have they talked about this before with me? Or would this be a shock to them if they've heard it? Because for me, once we record something, it literally is out of sight, out of mind for me. I just kind of forget I even said something, put it mm-hmm. out there. Oh, it's like, oh yeah. 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 No, I have, I had, um, a few of my non So, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> yes. Um, and I mean, great, great shout out to Paul, but, um, no, I've, I've had some of my non-Christian gay friends, like, cause they know that like being side B is such a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. They'll, I'll be having dinner. They'll be like, yeah, I've listened to your podcast. I'm like, oh, that's God. always a shock. Oh, God. And I was like, I mean, I've talked to, I know I've talked about many of my non-Christian gay friends mm-hmm. and different things, especially when we had these conversations about how do you relate to other gay people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I know I've always talked respectfully, but like, I just am really nervous. Uh-huh. I'm like, great. If you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. Other than that, like, <laughs> okay, let's keep going. I'll be like, please have grace. On yes, me. exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Please have grace. Please have grace to anything you hear. Yeah. Um, that's honestly one of the scariest things in my life. Um, anyway, yeah. Any other thoughts that you have here? No, I think we covered that. Yeah. It's, I hope this is helpful for you all. Like I, I would love for us to get to a place where these phrases that, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like the word queer, like reclaiming Mm -hmm. these things that have been used against us and being like, no, we're going to use this in another way. It doesn't mean we have to start using grace and truth, but being able to, when you hear it know that they're using it in this way yeah but here's actually what because i think that many times what we do is we go well this is in the bible and this is how people are using it so does that mean the bible's using it in this way yeah like no that is not what scripture yeah i think like understanding that like there's nuance to it and it's complicated um and yeah holding both those things are gonna it has to be, I don't think there's a one size fits all. It has to be almost case by case, which gives us the freedom, right? To 
move within those yeah. boundaries that the Lord has given us as is beneficial mm-hmm. for this situation. So, yeah. Cool. Well, everyone, I hope that this is helpful for you and would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, now Henry and I are going to go have another chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Y'all probably want to tune into that one. Y'all wish we were recording that one. Oh my gosh. The amount of times that Henry and I have recorded something have been like, we can't post We cannot this. post that. Like that can never <laughs> air. So maybe like ten years from now, when like we're so past those situations and we're oh like, my hey, gosh. let's just release all of those. That would be funny. That would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. All right, everyone. Have a good afternoon. Wish Henry a belated birthday. And we can't wait to see the photo shoot pictures. Yes, you know they're going to be iconic as usual. (laughs) All right, bye everyone. Bye y'all. All All right, well tell me about this.